You're listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. Lindsey Kramer, thanks for taking the time to be on the AW360 podcast today, live from Advertising Week New York 2023. It's very good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure. You are Senior Director, Client Strategy and Solutions at Outfront Media. I am. That's a long title. It is. I think it's actually gotten shortened over the years, so I like it as it is now. <laughs> well, for the uninitiated, tell us about Outfront Media. Yeah, so Outfront is one of the largest out-of-home media companies across the country. We have everything from billboards across the country in the top DMAs all the way down to being nine of the top transit systems across the country, which means we are pretty much anywhere and any everywhere that commuters are moving about and people are going about their daily journeys. When I meet people who don't know much about the media landscape, which might not be this audience or don't know Outfront, I always say, once you see us and we tell them to look for our imprint, you'll never forget us. Well, we are obviously a stone's throw away from Times Square, which I always think of as ground zero of the cool factor of outdoor advertising. Tell me, what sorts of things have you seen transpire in the past few years at your time at Outfront? I mean, how has the industry for you changed? So it's interesting. When I think about, I joined Outfront about five years ago, Mm -hmm. and I came from the agency side. And when I was moving to the out-of-home industry, it was interesting when I was telling my agency colleagues about the shift I was making because some people kind of were like, what do you mean out-of-home? Like, what's your plan for that? And then others came to me and said, out-of-home is having a renaissance and you're getting in early. It was almost like this legacy medium that has existed forever was becoming almost like a disruptor in the space because it was reaching consumers in a new way. People are engaging with out-of-home in a way that people may used to have thought billboards were sort of a passive mechanism for reaching audiences, but with the addition of mobile devices and people wanting to engage with what's around them, take photos of what's around them, and even the technology that's come to out-of-home, there's QR codes attached to them, there's 3D activations. People are really loving out-of-home and they're using it to share with their friends. We call it social out of home, hashtag S-O-O-H, but it's really become this mechanism for brands to reach audiences and actually engage them, not just say, you know, have you seen my big logo somewhere like it maybe was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I think it's funny how many people don't realize how much out of home they actually see and, you know, absorb let alone interact with, without, you know, because everybody really still thinks of that, that stagnant sort of still billboard. But yet, you know, you're walking around in a city this big, a lot of people looking at their phones, you know, little screens in the palms of their hand, but the big screens around them always distract them from those little screens and are an effective way of getting messages to them. What sorts of challenges have you had in the past couple of years? I mean, obviously there's a good amount of time where nobody left and that's kind of a stale topic at this point, but what sort of takeaways and learnings do you have from that? Yeah, I mean, I think if you think about 2020 and um, a 
national directive to stay in your home. It's not the best moment for a medium that's called out of home. But even that was sort of a momentary blip because what we started to see and what I think people started to realize, and especially more importantly than consumers, brands started to see, is that if they had historically been thinking only about uh, urban centers and being in major cities and in core tentacles of um, commuter hubs, places that people were moving in heavy in and out, which is really critical to how brands get in front of their audiences. What really happened in 2020 and has allowed us to really expand what our story is and how brands use us is they shifted that story from being this big city center mechanism to finding billboards that were by maybe your local Costco and going from big urban roads and highways to looking at those local roads. So what, your commute changed. It was like instead of people commuting to office, they were commuting to their stores. So in 2020, it was a sort of a momentary blip of what do we do? There are news articles and video footage of major, major cities and no one on the roads, but in fact they were. They were just on different roads. And even easier now, but we were able to do it then, is with the transformation of digital out of home, it was very easy to move brands and their ads onto the roads where consumers were. So I think when you think about the challenges of out of home, they're probably the same as they've been for a large number of years, for decades. You know, things like making sure we're part of the broader omnichannel media mix and measurement systems and that it's considered early on as a top of funnel media, but that brands and businesses are recognizing how integral it is to lower funnel conversations too and the actions that are driving. That stuff I think is always has always been a challenge in making sure that that story is heard. But what I actually think has happened for Out of Home in the last few years is it's had this moment to shine and come out and catch up to other media formats. So for Outfront, and I think across all of the other major operators too, the proliferation and addition of that many more digital out-of-home formats has allowed brands to buy out-of-home programmatically, buy them on our digital direct ad server, our proprietary ad server, really thinking about ways that they can lean in and have that much more contextual relevance to what they are saying and how they're trying to reach their audiences. Um, last week I heard the uh, a leader at Pepsi speaking about out of home and talking about how they try and reach audiences. And he said, out of home does a few things. It has contextual relevance in a way that no other media format can. And especially with digital out of home, when you lean into that day parting opportunity, you can reach people with messaging that makes sense in the morning, things that make sense in the evening, scheduling, if you're an entertainment network, there's so much you can do. And then you can also lean into now even more first market tech, whether it's QR codes, these 3D amplified experiences, Times Square, like you mentioned, we're seeing the gorillas from Google, they had a full-on concert in Times Square. You're creating these opt-in experiences and these culture bombs that may not have existed five years ago, but the reality is people might have been slightly less aware of their surroundings too. And now everyone is like, I have my phone out. I want to capture this and I want to experience what's happening around me because people don't really take being out of home for granted anymore. Speaking of the, like the 3D experiences and things of that nature, what is the storytelling opportunity that goes alongside that? And, and how involved are you when it comes to helping brands tell that story? You know, I think it varies. I think that it probably serves a purpose for everyone, mm -hmm. depending on what they're trying to achieve. We, at Outfront, we have two groups. One is our creative studios, and the other is our X-Labs innovation group. And they work hand-in-hand -in, -hand in working with our clients, both locally and nationally, at, um, and with agencies to creating and thinking about different 
opportunities and campaigns that allow you to have those 3D experiences and when and where you would do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it works across the board. You know, we you can do it now in subway stations on what we, on the live boards. Um, those are the digital screens in the sub subway stations. And with that, I mean, you can design it one time and you can have it across the country everywhere there's a live board. Same format, maximum reach. I think that works for brands of all sizes because people have seen out of home what their exposure is. You're catching them, you're catching their attention. Do you have a favorite that you've seen? There's a few. So I think sometimes I, I love when brands, like we just had Verizon do this in the winter. It's more basic, but they used a big 3D execution in Times Square, I think it was like their check their logo with a plus sign, um, number one network. It was moving about. They had a couple different executions. And then when they got into the trains, they were all over the stations and all over the ridership. And I think from a strategy perspective, I love that they went from a high impact story all the way down to the hardworking media to make sure their messaging was heard. You know, you have that shareable component, that top of funnel, all the way down to like a promotion can be inserted on trains. People can find out ways to learn more of nearest branches, whatever their different communications they wanted to be, they could do more on a campaign. But then I think there's, you know, there's something to be said for when you go into Times Square, you know, however jaded any New Yorkers might be about Times Square, more New Yorkers are in Times Square than tourists often. And as a brand and as a business, it has a magical moment. And I think Cadillac just recently did a huge takeover of Times Square and it, they looped with all of the different partners and had multiple 3D executions and created their brand synced across the screens. And I think when brands take advantage of the environment they're in and they create really immersive moments, that's in some ways when it's done best. Yeah, definitely. And just, I think, the ability to be able to kind of tell a story, like you were talking about Verizon, that's a really cool idea to be able to give something in one area and then kind of move with people going about their day and telling them a little bit more, offering them something. That's, that's very, very cool. Yeah, I think out of home isn't finite, and maybe it was, you know, decades ago. And I think so much of our efforts today are making sure that our partners know what out of home is today. It moves with consumers, it moves with audiences, it moves with brands, and it tells your story at different touch points. And because of what you can do with it, you can have everything from static inventory that makes sure your brand is out there to driving different conversations, running promotions, and so forth. That's a, that's a great segue to my next question, which is. How do you view new technologies kind of coming to the fore? So, you know, this year it's AI. Last year it was Web3. To me, like, augmented reality seems like a great opportunity for out-of-home because, you know, you're going to wear it on the go, presumably. I'm, I'm going to, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we, we have something we call it Outfront QRAD. It's our proprietary augmented reality um, offering. But I actually think augmented reality is quite present in out-of-home. So... It's sort of interesting, I think, in a lot of other media formats. The execution of it might be more complicated. People aren't really used to engaging with it. But because people are sort of seeking big experiences when they're out of home, yeah. it's a really natural fit. And I think you, you sort of just alluded to that. So we've, we've done quite a few executions. Um, they're very often they're QR code driven, as is with all augmented reality. So I mentioned in Times Square, we've partnered with Google now twice. First was with the gorillas, the animated band, and they hosted a concert. And you opted in, and we have fo photos and footage of it, but it was a full AR experience of a concert in Times Square, them like sitting on the buildings, you know, playing the guitar on top of buildings and on top of people almost. So there's, it was a very, very cool thing. And then Google came back 
that might have been last fall. Google came back this summer and did something similar for Space Invaders and for that launch. Nice. So they're really leaning into the AR capabilities and the opportunities that we have. Um, and I think we're seeing more and more clients asking about it and starting to figure out how we do it. And on the AI side, anything to, any input there? You know, I'm not sure. I think that remains to be seen a little bit. The one thing I think about for out of home, we always think about brand safety. Mm -hmm. And with AI, most brands are going to make sure they're checking their copy, I would assume. But if articles are being published with um, any kind of AI or chat GPT, or there's any kind of content out there, uh, you, I guess, run some risks of being placed somewhere that you might not want to be. Mm -hmm. But I think it remains to be seen how brands use it. Everyone seems to be a little bit like unsure what they're going to do and how they're going to leverage it and what's plagiarism, what's not. So we'll see. Yeah. First step, fear. Second step, embrace. Third step, eh, that's old news, but we're using it every day anyway. Yeah. So we'll stick with trust and brand safety for out of home. Well, last question. You know, we're here at Advertising Week New York. What kinds of things are you looking to see here or hear here or, you know, what's important to you while you're here? Yeah, great question. So I was looking at the slate, and I think it's a great slate as always. I am particularly interested in some of the Gen Z content. Um, I think the way they think and the way they operate is very different. And with each passing year, I feel like for the last few years, everyone's like, what about Gen Z? What about Gen Z? But with each passing year, they're not only in the workforce, they're quickly becoming some of the decision makers and how they think about businesses, how they approach businesses, how they think about if they're the media buyers, if they are very become our customers. What do they want to see from us? What are the stories they're looking for? And how do we kind of move the needle? Uh, it's very interesting. We, My team looks a lot at different categories that are growing and opportunities to support bigger brands, um, trends we're seeing and so forth. And I just have a Gen Zer on my team and we were just doing an exercise and she was looking at the D2C category. And I would say maybe in January, I read an article that talked a little bit about how D2C was out and wholesale was in because all of these D2C brands realized the only way to really ultimately scale requires them to be in some st store of some extent. Um, and I kind of you know, kept it in the back of my mind. We were figuring out what we were going to do for D2C. But then I gave her an exercise to do some research on D2Cs. And she came back and gave it to her kind of blind so she, we could see what she thought. And her point of view on D2Cs was kind of similar. It wasn't necessarily that they were labeled as direct-to-consumer or disruptor brands of a category, but do they have a social presence? Do they use influencers? And can you buy direct, mm -hmm. even if they're in-store? And she produced like legacy brands that we've all worn our whole lives that you bought at Macy's or, you know, in Target. And she was just producing brands that have voices attached to them. So I think it's very interesting to see how D2C thinks of businesses, or uh, Gen Z rather, thinks of businesses and starts to think about how they approach them and what they care about. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. This was, I mean, I love out of home, always have, always will. I come from an area that doesn't have a whole lot of it. But, um, you know, so every trip for me to New York is like kid in a candy store. But, um, yeah, I appreciate this. This was, this was great and very interesting. Oh, great. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds. You can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.